0: This is the Talent, Sales, and Scale Show. So let's bullet point out those, those nine best practices, and then, like I said, we'll unpack those systematically.
1: Yeah, perfect. I, and you know, um, listeners, what Brian's saying is I'm being uh, loquacious, and i got to simplify <laughs> this, so let's go. Um, so the nine are simply emotional, arousal, rational reevaluation. Those are two. That's one and two. So those are simple tools uh, that we can probably understand just by their names. So, so uh,
0: what's the first one again?
1: Emotional arousal, right? Okay, Getting me it. excited about, oh wow! If I change this, I can, I can have a boat because I'm going to get another bonus. Got Rational it. reevaluation, like that's the calculator. Right? Oh, if we if we make this change, I'm going to have this ROI. I'm going to lower my cost of operations, increase my cost of sales. Um, I would tell you if you were in a pitch for my agency that I know for every dollar my clients spend with me, they get $287 back in top line ROI. That's the, um, that's the, uh, um, excuse me, top line revenue. That's my rational reevaluation statement. My emotional arousal is to figure out what Brian likes and say, Brian, you know, if if you got that ROI, you could play more golf or whatever it is Brian's into. Um, and so those are the first two really important in the tool set. They are not, they're they're middle of the funnel tools um consciousness raising is one we mistake consciousness raising frequently with the idea of awareness the ford Edsel had incredible awareness everybody in the nation knew the ford Edsel was gonna be the thing right nobody bought them (laughs) awareness does not lead to purchase Uh, so when you continually talk about awareness it, it it's a failure on your part and your understanding of how people change behavior consciousness raising is a little bit more complex consciousness raising is Brian you know the Ford Edsel's available but did you know what it will do for your family and oh I can get from here to there I can lower my whatever the different things are that that product or service does and it's it's uh, the Nisi model would call it the shark bite right so you've like how, what pain does it remove? There's, there's somewhere there's a financial in every buyer's journey, there's a financial pain, strategic pain and a personal pain, subject for another podcast. But if you can uh, help people identify, oh, this thing, I don't really care about what you sell. I just know, I wanna know what it'll matter to me. I didn't know that that software would reduce my cost of operations, or I didn't know it would fix my personal life. I could put boundaries on it. You know, There's gotta be a consciousness raising moment.
0: Okay. So, so far is that we have, clear? so, so yeah. far we have number one, emotional arousal. That's kind of like the hot button there. Why they're going to change yeah. and engage. The second one yeah. is going to be, yeah. you're calling it rational reevaluation and that's everybody buys emotionally. They justify it intellectually. So that's the intellectual logic decision-making is the second one. Third one is Correct. conscious raising. And that sounds to me like you're now doing features benefits there, right?
1: No. I didn't do a good job. Wow. I hope your editor can cut out my bad answer. Consciousness raising.
0: You got to make up for it.
1: (laughs) Consciousness raising is simply not awareness that something exists. It's how it matters to me. It doesn't help me to know.
0: Personalizing the benefits.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the results, the benefits. What I mean, I don't care that you, you've got a law firm. I don't need to know that you've got a law firm. There's a lot of law firms in America. What I need to know is how it matters to me. If I use your law firm, what does that matter to me? And maybe it's a feature, a benefit, whatever. It's but you've got to shift the perspective from awareness. Nobody cares that you that you exist. What they care about is how it matters to them, right? So
0: got
1: it. it's so- not awareness that you exist. It's how it matters to me okay so it's really relevant to me
0: personalizing that benefit how it impacts me what's in it for me
1: yeah okay yeah it's gotta be relevant if it's not relevant how about that's why we ignore three to four thousand ad messages a day because they're not relevant you know if you talk about yourself so I, I live in the South now. Brian's a Pittsburgh guy and uh, I used to be in the North. So in the North, uh, we take our crazy family and, and put them in the back porch and kind of hide them. In the South, uh, what's funny is they put them on the front porch and uh, they just sort of celebrate them, right? So uh, just the idea of, of seeing um, the, the, how it matters to me and what the truth is, and that, that's an important part. You got to put that stuff out front. You can't, you can't hide it behind awareness.
0: Okay, so hitting back to this list. Then uh, we said bullet point, so we'll get back to that bullet point. So emotional arousal. Hey, you're
1: asking questions. Come on.
0: <laughs> emotional arousal, ra- uh, rational uh, reevaluation, conscious raising. Number four.
1: Social liberation. So social liberation is simply. Um, I, I know that there's physical there's equipment that i can buy to take home uh and work out at home right social liberation is the use of lebron james in front of a tonal or a mirror or whatever like oh lebron james uses this so if i ever see uh, a celebrity then that's that's a use of a tool called social liberation if that person uses it then that liberates me to use it i want to use that so let's apply that to b2b because what's lebron james matter if i'm selling a large capex uh uh, item or a professional service well there's going to be superstars in every industry there's going to be superstars ceos or or people your customers that buy that are respected or a thought leadership uh, within your industry that's very respected one of my clients has uh, a, a, on his team has a Ph.D. that specializes in batteries and battery inverter systems for large marine um, and, uh, applications, and he is a rock star. So if, if you see that that person is on this team of my client, you go, wow, I, that's social liberation. That frees me because that person's involved.
0: All right. So it's so a so different vernacular there that you're calling it social liberation. Um, I don't know why I'm blanking on his name. Wrote The principles of influence.
1: Yeah. Now we both look dumb, Brian. Way to go.
0: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so he wrote the, the principles of influence, but irrespective, he has the, the six or seven laws of, of influence. Um, but he talks about the uh, the the law of authority, right? So that authority figure. Allows that peer proofing. So, another thing, is yeah. social proofing, peer proofing. Got it. All right. Now, what's number five? You know what's
1: really interesting? Okay. I got to add one comment on this because this is a fabulous process. Social liberation, this these influencers, um, the, it is the only best practice that's effective all the way from pre contemplation when somebody's never heard of you, thought about it, or understood how your product or service matters, all the way through to the close. It's the only best practice that can be used the entire cycle. The number one mistake we see people is using it only on the front end, saying, hey, LeBron James uses this piece of equipment. Uh, Brian Whittingham, Whittington is a, a user of this CRM system, therefore you should be. That works at closing as well as it does in opening advertising on websites. Big, big opportunity to immediately imp- close more deals. Okay, Use yeah, social so we liberation can, at the table.
0: Yeah, got it. So- so we can use that the whole way through and so wait we don't look stupid it's uh robert cialdini is a, the, the name that i was looking for um
1: all right so i'm gonna have to look it post. up it sounds fabulous
0: uh, it's a helping really
1: relationships book. is number five so helping relationships is that idea of consultative selling simply said everybody gets that right now you might t- you i want my marketing leader to come in and say uh, what we need here, in middle of the funnel tool, and this is a, one of the middle of the funnel powerful tools, uh, what we need is for sales to bring in pre-engineering uh, or the rock star in application or the rock star in you know helping relationships, helping your, your buyer before they're a customer, you're going to get pushback, right? So whoever's watching your operations expense is going to say, well, why did our best engineers spend two hours talking with this person? They didn't they're not a customer yet. Well, it, it should be a designed cost of sale, you know, and marketing should be preparing us to do that. And we should have agreement at the executive team level of the, the onboarding process and how we're gonna put that subject matter expertise forward. We're not gonna solve the problems for them, but we're gonna give them access to those helping relationships. Why don't we just use sales as a common question? Well, because we all understand sales has an agenda, sales just wants my money right okay now that's a narrow-minded view of sales i get it the best sales don't just want your money but that's a, a real perception there is, somebody's going to ask for money and it's typically sales um, so use that subject matter expertise draw it forward a little bit now notice i didn't say bring your engineer to the trade show i said bring your engineering in when people are preparing to make change middle of the funnel or when they're taking action like literal steps saying what would it look like if we bought your product and service what would it look like okay. uh, that's when you bring in that sma
0: and i'm going to come back to that one but so number six
1: yeah uh private commitment that leads to public commitment and you've got to separate those two it is a it is the commitment stage uh you've it's a it's a management of risk So a private commitment, Brian, you want to come into my organization and you want to help us improve uh, my sales team and the way we work and the people we hire. And I believe fully you can do that. But before I take you to the executive team where you might make me look like a fool, I need to understand exactly what you're going to say. So I'll make a private commitment to you, Brian. I want to meet with you and learn. I want to see what your proposal looks like. Um, but I'm not ready to put you in front of, of my executive team and risk me looking like a numbskull, you know, because of something you do or say, or maybe I didn't know the money that was going to be involved. And you know, then the CEO is looking at me going, why did you even, you know, Brian's so cheap. We should pay him double. He's so good or <laughs> Brian's so expensive. What are we doing? You know, that's not in our, our scope. So you know, you've got to have a private commitment phase and that's okay and understand that. And in sales, what we always talk about having an advocate on the inside. Yeah. That's the person you need to have a private commitment and start modeling exchange relationships. Um, so why is the marketer tell you, it sounds like you're talking about sales, dude. I am. And that's because in the middle of the funnel sales and marketing should be coordinating. And there's about a 50, 50 weight of influence in a middle of the funnel deal about 50% of the influence on, on that executive team. Can be done by marketing. Most salespeople push marketing away at this stage, which is the equivalent of saying, I don't want to use half the tools in the toolbox to close the deal. But if I'm in sales and my commissions depend on closing the deal and I think sales or marketing doesn't know what they're doing, you better believe I'm going to push them away too. So you've got to find, you know, like I, one of my favorite pain questions to an executive is, does your sales team see marketing as a strategic resource? If the, if the answer is no, you've got to change something about marketing.
0: Okay. Otherwise
1: so- you're just taking you're, you're eliminating half the tools got that it. you Let can me- use to close deals
0: and so I want to come back to these so you know keeping keeping going through okay here. so number uh, seven
1: bullet points shut up Doyle shut up Doyle. okay <laughs> countering uh, we all know countering just uh, instead of doing this what if we do this they're actually kind of small verbal contracts it allows you to you know it's the nose under the camel's tent the camel's nose under the tent flap whatever that expression is um, it's getting the PO to do a small exchange relationship those should be prepared tools that sales has a so toolbox is
0: this is so is that kind of a um a small yes proof of concept and an assessment a small pilot um you know free yeah. trial something along those lines an easy yes exactly okay exactly
1: You know, Brian, remember that time you called me and said, hey, we're gonna do an agency RFP. We're inviting 10 people to the shop. And remember that when I countered to you and I said, hey, Brian, instead of doing an RFP, it's gonna cost me $10,000 to fill out and send back to you. What if I just invite you to my onboarding process and at the end of it, you'll get this result. And then if you don't hire us, that's fine. I've got $10,000 in the deal, any either way. Okay. Like that's a beautiful counter.
0: so it's almost one part negotiation, one part um, It's small definitely yes. blended. Yeah, okay, absolutely. Okay. Um, and then eight.
1: Easy, environmental controls. and uh, environment what is an environmental control? So why is it at the big trade show the biggest companies that have the most money to spend create these internal rooms? Right. We've all been to the trade show where you go into the booth and then there's a room inside the booth and that room is a surround, right? That room, that space, I can't see out of this company's booth. I can only see the information that this company is presenting. That is a use of environmental control, more common uses. Brian, you want to go play golf and let's talk about what it would look like to be a customer. That's an environmental control. It's anything that takes people out of their standard environment. Remember, we're talking about behavioral change. Brian, if you're trying to quit drinking and I suggest that we go to a bar to visit, well, you're gonna have a hard time changing behavior, right? But if I suggest we go take a walk in the park, that's a much better environment. So controlling the environment, in our case, the bad behaviors, buying other people's products, looking, uh, contemplating other people's things create an environment, whether, and this I'm talking physically, right? Create an environment where they can focus on your, your offering.
0: Got it. And then the number, the last one, number nine.
1: (sighs) Rewards for positive behaviors. Anybody who's raised a child. Yes. It's the same exact thing, right? Now what, what, here's what I hate. And I'm going to combine environmental controls and rewards a little bit. Um, Two things, rewards for positive behaviors. The, the reward always has to be connected to the behavior, right? That's a child raising rule. Number one, you do something huge, we're gonna celebrate huge. If you do something small, we're gonna celebrate small. Well, if you have uh, somebody who says, you know what, I'll let you fill out an RFP, notoriously the worst thing, or even worse, I'll introduce you to procurement. Oh, you know, okay, let's we'll, we'll send them a Skittle for that. You know, we're not going to do a lot of a reward for either of those, but if they say, you know, next quarter um, we are going to have an executive team retreat, I'd like to bring you into that. Um, let's let's talk about what that would look like. Okay, in my mind now, I'm saying, let's. What, what do you? What's your favorite restaurant? Let's go to dinner. Let's go to golf. Let's go to some place where I can control the environment. I don't want to sit in your conference room, um, and. Let's go to, or come to my office or do a plant tour or whatever, whatever the deal is. But the reward is let's play the golf. Let's play. I hate it when I see sales guys who try to use environmental controls and rewards early. Brian, we've never met before. Would you like to go spend $500 of my boss's money and play golf? (laughs) That's ridiculous. We, of course.